Oh my God. You you you, you want to hear a resume? Oh my God. This this Rock Stops Here podcast is men that have inspired me. All right, and mostly are all men coaches. And not not ones that coached me when I played. No. I'm talking about in the pro ranks, guys that I have covered. And this one today is still going strong, and it's an inspiration. Because wherever I go, in the media, you know, I'm the older guy. I'm the guy. And I said it to uh, one of the Bucks assistant coaches, nah, Bucks PR guys. I said, you know what, man, he inspires me. He's still got 20-plus years on me. Tom Moore, he's the Buccaneers offensive consultant. He's an assistant coach. He's... Tom Moore. He's a four-time Super Bowl champion. Four times. He's been to the Super Bowl five times. I'll go on and on, but it, it, and, and the PR guy goes, I, I said, you know, because I'm the old guy here in the media. He goes, I don't consider you old. I'm like, oh, you're a good man, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. But no, in all seriousness, I love what I do and I want to do more. And it's hard to get gigs in this business when you are older it's just how it goes they just don't they think that they want younger it's going to bring in younger audience and blah 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 blah. so this gentleman tom moore 84 years old soon to be 85 is still employed in the nfl coaching and assisting young players he's still there And let me just give you his, real quickly, all the stops that he has, okay? And then we're going to get to this. Short and sweet. And then I want to give you some of the guys that I have covered that have inspired me, man. That really I I just look up to. Um, Here's Tom Moore. He played, he was a high school All-American. He played at the University of Iowa. And then... He started his coaching career, 1961, okay, at Iowa, graduate assistant. Then he's a running running backs coach at Dayton. He goes to Wake Forest as the offensive coordinator. He goes to Georgia Tech. He's the running backs coach. He goes to Minnesota. He's the running backs coach. Then he's with the New York Stars of the World Football League as offensive coordinator. This was in 1974. He goes back to Minnesota, offensive coordinator. Then in the NFL. Now he starts his NFL career. Pittsburgh Steelers, 1977 to 1982, wide receivers coach. Then he's the offensive coordinator for several years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Minnesota Vikings, for a couple of years, assistant head coach. Detroit Lions, offensive coordinator. New Orleans Saints, he's the running backs coach. Indianapolis Colts, he's the offensive coordinator for a good 10 years. Then he's the senior offensive coordinator with the Indianapolis Colts. Then, Indianapolis Colts in 2010, he's senior offensive assistant, offensive consultant. Then he goes to the New York Jets in 2012, he's the offensive consultant. Then he goes to the Arizona Cardinals for a couple of years, he's the assistant head coach and offensive consultant, and now he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he has been the offensive consultant with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for, this is year number five. He's 84 years old, wait till you hear what time he gets to the facility and leaves my inspiration and not a man of many words he just gets to the point oh my god it's the living legend buccaneers 
Tom Moore. All right, I am with the great Tom Moore. First of all, congratulations on getting the Award of Excellence with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Congrats. Well, thank you very much. It, uh, it meant a great deal to me. And uh, I feel very honored and uh, very happy. How did you find out? Uh, Jimmy Ray called me and uh, told me he got a conference call. He and Terry Rubisky got on a conference call with my wife and son and daughter. So it was, it was a big deal for me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. Now, I know this is about, I believe, your fifth year here with the Buccaneers. Yes. Is it 45 years in the NFL, Tom? 45 years, yes. This is my fifth year uh, with the Bucks, but it's a total of 45. Do you still love it as much as when you first got into coaching, Tom? I probably love it more because I know the end's coming near. Well, I had heard, so you told somebody you want to go till you're 100 if you could. You still feel good. Well, I'm, I'm starting to drink a lot more water, so maybe I can get to 110. <laughs> Did you get that from Tom? I noticed since Tom was here and he's always talking about hydration, I end up drinking more beer. Oh, yeah. Water, water, water. Hydration's critical. Yeah. Speaking of that, you have coached so many Hall of Famers, some of the greats, and in recent time, Tom Brady here. What could you tell us, Tom, that we might not maybe really know about the great Tom Brady? Well, I think all the ones that have a coach, the biggest thing, they've all had one thing in common. They're tireless workers, very intelligent uh, people, students of the game, and uh, their work ethic is tremendous, and that's indicative of all of them. Even if the, it's not, no difference whether they're a wide receiver, uh, a quarterback, uh, a running back, whatever, they all have that, that quality? All the great ones do. That's what, that's what differentiates the great ones from just another guy. Now, what do you think has been the biggest difference with players, with football in general? You started on the collegiate level, and then, of course, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you've been in the NFL so long. What do you think has been the biggest difference to you from when you started to now? Well, I think everything has evolved. The game is a lot faster. It's, it's, uh, the speed of the game is tremendous. The innovation of the game is, is different. Everybody's trying to come up with new ideas. So it's an ongoing thing. You know what? It's funny you make that up because Terry Bradshaw, I got to interview him at the Super Bowl this year, and it was a bunch of us around him. And he's going, you know what? The game now is like the old AFL. He is like, I used to see it. They used to run it up. And now it's kind of like that in the NFL. Do you think you, you agree with that with Bradshaw? Well, I agree with him a little bit. But they've, they've made the, the rules so that the scoring, uh, the people want to see scoring and and, but that doesn't take any ways, anything away from the great defenses. Uh, great defenses still help you win championships. You No matter, even if the game has changed, and I know they changed the rules, and there's a lot of speed and all that, it still comes down to basics and fundamentals, doesn't it? It's still basics and fundamentals, and that's the thing that will never change. 
Now, just a few more things. What is your day like here? Like, what are your responsibilities? I kind of know a little bit, but maybe you can tell us, Tom. Well, I'm more in an advisory capacity than anything, and any new ideas or anything that I can come up with, why uh, I give them, and, and uh, they try to incorporate it. But I'm, I'm here to help. Got you. Do you still watch film, too? A lot of film? Oh, yeah. Or lot yeah, of I watch a lot of film. Right. What time do you start out your day here, Tom, and what time do you usually finish? Oh, I get here anywhere between 3 and 4 and uh, get out of here around 7, 6, 7 o'clock at night. It's incredible. I read you were doing an interview with somebody and you were saying that you're just so thankful and blessed to be able to get up and go to a job at your age with young people and to still still do what you love can you tell no no question and and nobody until they're my age understands how great a feeling it is to be able to still work all right here's my last one you've made it to the top you've been at the nfl for a long time you're still doing it what is the best piece of advice you can give someone young, whether it's in the NFL or whatever they're planning on doing. What's the best piece of advice you can give well, them? The best piece of advice I can give anybody is do what you love to do. Doesn't necessarily have to be football, but whatever your love is, whatever your passion is, follow it and don't worry about anything else. All right, what do you think is the one part there that blew me away? Because again, he doesn't say much. We did that. It was scorching hot. They were coming off the practice field, and it was right in the middle of the practice field. There is no shade at all. It has to be 100 degrees. Tom Moore with long pants, like the long, you know, sweatpants, and a long sleeve shirt. No sunglasses, no hat, no sunscreen, no nothing. 84 years old, Tom Moore. The part that blew me away. Tom, what time you get in? What's, what's your day like, Tom? Well, I get in at a 3, between 3 and 4 a.m., and I leave around 7. 3 and 4 a.m., and he leaves around 7. Every day. Every day. At 84 years old. I got another one for you with Tom. I it just, it's incredible. I went home and I told my wife. I'm like, she goes, well, you really are inspired by him. I said, I am. I really am. All right, so we go to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Myself, one of the Joes from Joe Bucks fans, Steve, always enjoy going to the Combine. It's in Indy. It's a low-key city. It's easy. It's inexpensive. It's great. I enjoy the hell out of it. They have a media row, just like they do at the Super Bowl, and all day. It's a good way to just interview guys, coaches. The first couple of days, it's NFL guys. Then all the college media coaches come in, and uh, it's great. So there is a JW Marriott, which is in downtown Indianapolis. And Indianapolis is not big. It's a walkable city. One year I was at the Hampton Inn. Last year I was at the Holiday Inn. Great. Very inexpensive. You get the free breakfast. You can't beat it. And But all of the coaches, uh, those in the front office of the NFL, the scouts, 
agents, everybody's at the JW Marriott. Same thing in town. Wherever you go, if there's the JW Marriott, it's the fanciest. It's the nicest. And it gets packed at night. Packed. So I went out. I think I, I believed I went out the night before. Not late, but I had a few beers. And the first day when you get in and you've already gotten up, usually I get that first flight. You try to get the first flight out. So maybe if your flight's at 6, you know, you get there at 4, 4.30, the airport, you got to get up at 3. So for me, one day getting up at 3 or suddenly long like say 2.33 a.m., I'm a little tired during that day. And then especially if you go out a little bit and have a few beers with friends or so, and then you get up the next day morning, you start strong and you go all day. I'm not going to go back out the second night. It's just, it's hysterical. I mean, I'm, I'm just admitting it to you. Well, Tom Moore, so I didn't go the second night, one of those nights. So I see Steve from Joe Buck's fan the next day. How's it going, Steve? And he's like, oh, I went to the JW Marriott. I ended up running into so-and-so, and I talked to this and that, and this coach or this media party, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom Moore was there. Tom Moore was there? Tom Moore was there. What time? Oh, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. 11 o'clock at night. Tom Moore's out there. He's drinking beer. He's eating, he's eating like nachos or something, like, you know, at, at, at 84 years old. At night, that, that late at night. He's out that late at night. That, to me, is just incredible. <laughs> I thought your system slows down. It's harder to... He's an animal, and he's good, and he's fun. Another story with Tom Moore. So we go to the Bruce Arians Golf Classic. He's another inspiration to me, man. Bruce Arians. Yep. He wouldn't know it, because I really didn't get to know him that close. He's another inspiration to me. So we go to the Bruce Arians Golf Classic. This is this this past year, preseason. And it's at Innisbrook, a beautiful country club where they had the PGA Tour stop, Copperhead. And everybody is, all the Buccaneers that are and, and NFL guys and those that know Bruce Arians, it's him and his wife, and they really try to help out, like, kids that just don't have a chance. You know, they grow up and... A dysfunctional family, and it's rough. And 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 Bruce's wife was involved, the one that really started that. And they really are into that. And they did that in Arizona. They do it here in Tampa Bay. And it's a really good, really good fundraiser. Good money, you know. It goes to a good cause. So it's 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 good. It's a good thing, man. So we're there, and Bruce was there the night before. He talked to me and I read length and a few others. And da 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 da. Next morning, it's time for the golf tournament. And so we get there and they bring the, the, um, the carts, you know, the carts are all set up. And I remember like, Oh, Trask, Kyle Trask was competing against Baker Mayfield. They're going to show up. And they showed up around the same time and they were not in the same foursome and they were at different, you know, blah, blah, blah. And stuff like that. You know, I saw, we saw all start Rondé Barber, all like Buccaneer greats and those that know Bruce Arians over the years and da, 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 da. And I heard Bruce Arians, one of the coaches, it might have been Todd Bowles that came up, uh, or it might have been another another one of the assistant coaches or something. And I was just standing right there, and I overheard, and and, and Arian says, 
So who you got? Well, who's in your group today? Who you got? Who you playing with today? And one of the coaches said, Tom Moore. He goes, Tom, oh, you're going to have a good time today. Like, wow, Tom Moore, as you heard in this interview, he sounds like he's gruff. He don't thank you very much. He doesn't say his sentences are short. Yet he has this reputation of being so much fun. If you're going out, oh, you're in Tom Moore's group. Oh, you're going to have a great time today. And that's what I heard Bruce Arians say. You know, again, the legend lives for Tom Moore, and I hope he keeps going. Now, he told Ira Kaufman at the uh, dinner that night, because we were, Ira and I were just moseying around. We had talked to Joe Madden. He's another inspiration. I hope I can remember these names. I didn't write anything down. And Tom Moore came up, and we just started talking to Tom Moore. And Tom Moore was going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year, getting that award from excellence for excellence. And Ira said, oh, I, I do the uh, pitching to get, you know, the guys in in the Tampa Bay area. He goes, oh, you're, you're on that? Oh. And then he was asking one or two more things, and we were saying, that's pretty cool, Tom, that you're going to be honored at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he's like, I'm very excited about it. Like, I'm, um, yeah, it is nice, you know. And then just we're talking football with him, just like a regular down-to-earth guy. And I read his resume. Oh, my God. I mean, he has seen it all. And he isn't. Here's the other thing. I was walking in. We were walking from the indoor facility to the outdoor facility uh, the other day. And one of the guys, he's in the media kind of. And he's like, you know, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't go to the Rays. I don't cover the, I say, you don't cover the Rays. Ah, baseball, you know, the shift. You guys can't hit the opposite way. I don't like it. You know, I used to love it. Baseball, this, oh, da, 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 da. I do like the pitch count. And I said, you know what, man? And then something else. Oh, well, we used to do it this way, this way. I said, listen, I do not want to be that. You know, oh, everything was better back in our day. We used to do it this, like the crotchety crotchety now nothing is as good as it used to be there's things that are much better and improved now for our lives and yes there are a lot of things that when times were simpler it was a lot better too there's good and there's bad I'll never forget a guy that another inspiration to me his name was Jerry Jerry Ramsberger and he was a former high school St. Petersburg football and baseball coach. Legend. He also played football at Notre Dame. He coached at St. Pete College when they were just starting up. And he was retired. He has Tim and Tom and his daughters. He has a great family. And he ran the press box when the Tampa Bay Devil Rays just started. And he was such a nice man, big paw, strong handshake, just a wonderful father, just an inspiration, man, Jerry Ramsberger. And I'll never forget, we were in the press box one day, and he says, you know, I get a lot of guys my age saying, oh, we used to do it this way. Life was so much better back in the day. And he said, look at this. He takes out his cell phone. Now, I'm going back. Jerry has since passed. This is when the Rays first started, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and he ran the press box. And he said, look at this. This is a cell phone. My daughter is in wherever, Indiana. If I want to talk to her right now, and I'm out here right now, or she has an emergency, I talk to her right now. Back in the day, we didn't have a cell phone. 
you'd have to go to a payphone if you were out. Would you be able to get home if she doesn't? If she's not there, there was no answering machine or get back to her or a note or this and that. Look, so this is better. And then he said there is used to be the thing called tuberculosis. You get it, you're done. Now they have you know this and that. They have vac. You no, know, oh, I don't want to say that word. But I'm just saying like here was a man that was up there in age. And he thought the, the, these days were good. Like, you know what I mean? Just, I don't, I, I, uh, the crotchety guy. All right. Some of my, so when I posted the picture of Tom Moore and he does, he doesn't smile for his pictures. That's just Tom. <laughs> Somebody said, boy, he doesn't look happy. He looks thrilled to be there. I said, that's just, just that's just his expression when he takes a picture. He always has that, oh, like a shaggy, uh, a puppy, a dog, like his look doesn't smile. It's Tom. So, and when we were done, I said, Tom, you're an inspiration. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. And then he ran in. That I was going to do that interview a little bit longer. There was tons of stuff I wanted to ask him. But believe it or not, one of the uh, staff members from the Bucks was behind, got behind Tom. We were out on the field, and he was making the motion like, wrap it up, wrap it up. And I always, I always respect that. If I'm getting an interview from somebody and somebody from PR, wherever it is, like, Wrap it up. I always, one last question and wrap it up. Don't keep on going. It was like when I did these movie junkets. We'd go to L.A. L.A. we go to L.A. or New York, Beverly Hills, Four Seasons, Beverly Hotel, Hotel, nice in New York. Da, da, da. You do like, you know, Sly Stallone and, and, and all these big, uh, big star movie stars and you get five minutes when you walk in there everything is set up they actually have a um a big uh, like a big cue card and it will say two minutes one minute and then you get the motion wrap it up wrap it right up just like if i asked anybody hey man real quick i got two questions i will stick to two questions and when you do that you get that reputation where you're easy to work with and pr people don't mind giving their client to you. You know what I mean? It all comes down to reputation. Repu your reputation is everything. And if your reputation is no good, man, it's already rough in this life. So anyway, when I posted that picture of Tom, who wasn't smiling, uh, up pops on the same day that I did this interview, the late great Don Zimmer. It was one of those Facebook memories, you know, eight, nine years ago or seven years ago, whatever it was. And... It was when I uh, sat, he, so Don Zimmer, you all know Don Zimmer, right? Don Zimmer, Popeye, who doesn't know Don Zimmer? If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know Don Zimmer. Don Zimmer was in professional baseball. In other words, he earned a paycheck in professional baseball for 65 years. How long are you at your paying job? Your, your profession, 65 years and it's baseball and you love it? How about that? So here's Don Zimmer. He was with the Yankees and Joe Torre. He was the Chicago Cubs manager. He, you know, we can go on and on. And this was now at the end of his career. He always lived down here in St. Pete near the beaches and when the Rays, when he was done with the Yankees, when, when Torrey was gone and he didn't have a gig, 
the Rays called him up, offered him a job to be with the Rays on the bench, and it was perfect for him. And so when I pop, so a Facebook memory picture popped up, I put it, and I got so many comments and likes. Don Zimmer, Don Zimmer. And I started thinking, why don't I just do it on guys that have are been an inspiration to me? And just a couple of quick little stories. I don't want to go too long on this or bore you out. Don Zimmer would always say, as long now when he was with the Rays, this is at the end. Let's say he's there 61, 62, 63 years, 64 years. He always said there would be things in baseball that he would see that he had never seen before. Even after all those years. The thing, the one thing that blew me away more than anything with Don Zimmer was he told me being employed, being paid for 65 years, he never made a resume and he never filled out an application and he never called or asked for a job. Think about that. He was so well-liked that he was always offered jobs. He never had to ask for one, apply for one, make a resume, or make a call. That blows me away. That shows you what kind of a man he was. Down to earth. Great baseball man. I remember when we went to Tokyo. We were on the plane with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. As media, myself and Chris Elias, and we flew to Tokyo, and it, the Ray Devil Rays were opening up the Major League Baseball season against the New York Yankees, two-game series, I believe, against them. They also played the Henshin Tigers, the Yamori Giants, and at the Tokyo Dome, and it was an incredible trip. To this day, I remember it like yesterday. We flew to a base an army base in, uh, in, in outside of Tokyo in these uh, helicopters. Uh, I was, was sitting next to Rocco Baldelli because the Devil Ray players were busting Rocco. He, was, he, he got airsick, and he didn't want to go with them with Toby Hall. And, and, and Well, Toby's a good guy, but uh, Aubrey Huff was such a ball buster. Oh, my God, he was unmerciful. Uh, merciless or whatever he's brutal and, and 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 he so he goes can i sit with you guys sure so he sat next to me you know and uh it was just an incredible trip but i remember we get down on the field they had a day of practice the yankees and the yankees a bigger draw obviously and the tampa bay rays and we're in the tokyo dome they had all these little leaguers that they allowed to come they had their their uniforms on there were 45,000 fans in the Tokyo Dome, mostly little leaguers, for batting practice. And they carried it live on TV in, in Japan. And I remember Don Zimmer came out and he was getting like a standing ovation. And fans were, and at the time, this is going back now, in Japan, they already had camera phones. We still had the old flip phone. We didn't have the phones yet. They were ahead of us in technology. And I remember all the, everybody with their phones up, everybody, the Don Zimmer, they were bowing down to him. Like they, Japanese uh, baseball fans are so well-versed and well-knowledged in American baseball. And it was like, wow, I know Don Zimmer. I talk to Don Zimmer all the time. Like Don Zimmer. And here's Don Zimmer. He, he he could walk on water in Japan. They they have so much respect for him. How about that? 
I also remember standing outside waiting to get in all these long lines and I see they had this big screen outside the Tokyo Dome and they were playing videos and they're playing a video of like Raymond running down the stairs at the trop and at the time nobody was at the trop and I'm like look at this I'm in Tokyo Japan and I'm looking at footage in this big square right outside uh, uh, the Tokyo Dome of Raymond in St. Pete near Ferg's the Dome unbelievable so anyway there you go another inspiration to me so that's so Don Zimmer Don Zimmer oh 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 just a couple more man I got oh just a flood of my mind with these stories of these guys that inspire me that's what inspires me to still be working to still doing what you love to still people employing you because of your knowledge your experience and also because you're just a good man they want you around there's a guy it's he I don't know what is his title is he has a uniform on his name is Chico and he's with the Rays and he's been there forever and I was told by somebody and somebody that Chico is one of those guys that an organization just wants to have around sometimes the season well the season gets long it can be a grind you need a guy that just is like a good dude just there you go. Good dude. That should be his title on his resume. Doesn't need a resume. And again, and he's been through all different coaching changes and regimes, regimes, and he's still there, Chico. And uh, there you go. Uh, one more story. I remember Don Zimmer coming in. Now, he came in a couple of times. Here's the other thing, too. Don Zimmer was probably in his 80s or 80, right? It was at the real, real, real tail end. And... I, you know, Don, do you want to come in to do Bain is on the Sports Connection with me? He goes, sure. They're just give me your address. Same one, Don. We're over here, blah, blah, blah. Studio address. And he just drives himself. There's no fanfare. There's no nothing. And I'm like, wow. When I'm, if I'm in my 80s, if I'm, if I'm fortunate enough to still be in my 80s, will I be in good shape? Will I be able to drive myself around? Will I do it? And the one time we used to do the show like live all the time at 11 o'clock. Then year, a couple of years later, we we might do an interview if you wanted to come in like at seven or eight. It's a long story, but I remember and he drive himself in like 11, 11 o'clock at night, you know, and, and, and it in the 80s. I just oh, and I remember him telling me a story. He was going on and on. He had just been he was with the Yankees. Under Tory, I think he he was Tory's bench coach, and I remember telling me he's like, oh that guy, oh he would come in and turn the music up real loud in the Yankees clubhouse, and Tory would say, turn that down. He'd have to come over and turn it down. And as soon as Tory would leave, he'd turn it back up again, and oh he'd drive Tory nuts, or he would, and he'd just give a couple of different stories, and he starts talking stories, and then we go into a break. We used to be live on TV, and you know what he said to me? He goes, I just love this shit. I just love this shit. I just love this. Just because it was an off season, hot stove league, and he's telling baseball stories, and he still has that enthusiasm and passion. Isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? And I just mentioned baseball, like Joe Madden. I've told the story, so I don't want to go lengthy if you've heard all my episodes. But real, real quickly, Joe Madden had his golf outing for the town of Hazelton. Uh, those that, uh, once again, kind of kids that are going to grow up, and they're not going to get a shot. They don't have a mom and a dad. They're in a rough situation. 
and it, they provide schooling, they provide life stuff, meals, things like that for kids in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. That's Joe Madden's charity. I flew up there last year to do a Rock Stops Here podcast with him, and it was so much more than that. He invited me and Rick Vaughn into his home two nights in a row to watch the All-Star game. He hadn't watched baseball since he was let go by the Angels. Shane McClanahan was pitching, starting. I was telling him some stories about Shane. Um, the night before, his big golf outing, he has people flying in. He has family members driving in the driveway. And yet he wanted he invited me into his home. He goes to a shop to get these, they call them hoagies in Pennsylvania. They're, they're, they're the best, oh my God. Oh my God, a meatball, oh, with the cheese melted, the, the, the bread, this and that. He went specifically to go get Rick and I this. He went to another place, a pizzeria in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. It was the best pie that I had ever had. He, and sitting down in his, in his dining room, kitchen, and, and, and we went to go watch the All-Star game. And he goes, I want to watch the All-Star game. And this is after being having a whole day at his golf outing. And so many people coming up to him and shaking hands and so tiring and all day and this and that. And he's like, no, he wanted me to come to his house again that next night. And let's watch the All-Star game together. You got to be kidding me. This is Joe Madden, Super Bowl or World Series champion. And he goes to put the TV on and he, it wasn't working. And he had, to fi- he had to reboot it and figure it out. You know, when you're like us, 60, you can't figure it out. And I'm like, look at this. Look at this. So, I mean, and for him to, he turned around the culture, man. The devil rays were the devil rays. They were the lowly devil rays. And he, he let the players be the players. Let them be themselves. And he tried all different things. He did. And then, like, he, he turned around that Billy Gold curse. The, you know, the, the, cur- the Chicago Cubs, man, he won it. And he's just, and he, he loves to play. He's just a down-to-earth man. I respect him so much. So that's another one. Tony Dungy. Now, we all know Tony Dungy, very, very religious, very, very religious. I believe that there is a man upstairs. I believe that I've had somebody looking over me for all these years, all the stuff I've done and the stuff I've, oh, my God, like, how am I still here and I'm healthy? There, There is somebody over me, but I'm not necessarily as that religious as, like, oh, my God, a Tony Dungy, my son, Hunter, you know? Oh, my God. Way better than me, but but I I just want to tell you this little story. I always respected him. You got to. I ran into him at Rondé Barber's party, and he couldn't have been nicer. And just we're really talking, and 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 about the days when he covered the buck and, and when I covered the Buccaneers and with Sap and guys like that and and this and that. And we're talking about our kids and all this. But here's the one thing with Tony Dungy that blew me away. Dungy gets fired. By the Bucks, to conservative offense, great defense, getting them to the playoffs, getting them far, could not get them over the hump. The Glaciers are going to move on. They bring in Gruden, John Gruden. They give up two number ones. Two they 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 get him from the Oakland Raiders. He comes in, he brings up that energy. The offense gets better. Defense is incredible. They win the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm working at Bay News 9. One of the girls, a woman that worked at Bay News 9, Tamika, she comes to me. She was in news, uh, like a producer. She says, hey, Rock, would you want to have Tony Dungy on your show? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't have his phone number. 
and he was living still in Tampa. He had not been with the Colts yet. And I, I said, but Tamika, I don't know if he'd want to come on, man. I mean, the Bucks won the Super Bowl without him. He was let go. He was fired. I don't know if he'd want to do the interview with me. She says, no, I think I, I, I'll ask him. He goes to my church. I go to the same church in Tampa, big church. I think it was without walls, but whatever. I'll ask him. Sure. Didn't think anything of it. I, she comes back to me a day or two later. She says, Rock, I talked to Tony and Tony said that he would do, he would sit down and do a nice long interview with you for the sports connection. I'm like, you're kidding me. Really? I mean, if I got fired and I put all that time in and they fired me and then the Bucks win the Super Bowl the next year with all those guys and then I'm out of work. I don't know if I'd want to do, you know. And so she said his wife Lauren I was is against it because she's unhappy with the Tampa Bay media. But Tony said he would do it. Here's his number. So I said, okay, thank you, Tamika. I call up Tony Dungy. Hi, Tony. Hey, Rock. How are you? Tony, how you doing? I know you saw Tamika at church and this and that. We'd like to do it. He goes, okay, sure, sure. How about you want to do it tomorrow? I said, that'd be great, Tony. All right. Um, we'll come to you, Tony. You know, this is TV. We got equipment. We'll come to you. Okay. You know what, Rock? I'd rather you not come to the house because my wife is a little bit miffed with... Tampa Bay media members, but why don't we just do it down this road at the country, at the clubhouse? He lives in a beautiful uh, section of Tampa called Avila. And I said, sure, his wife didn't want me coming to the house, but Tony still would do it for me. Unbelievable. We draw, I said, great, we'll see you there at nine o'clock, whatever it was. We go through the gate, we, our name is at the gate. We drive to the country club, standing there waiting for us on the corner is Tony Dungy. Hi, Tony. Where should we park? Right over there. Okay, Tony, we'll be right there. Tony Dungy comes walking over to our van and we pop the hatch, but you know, the back. Tony takes out the sticks. They call them sticks. It's called, it's a tripod. And Tony starts carrying the sticks to the interview. I'm like, Tony, I mean... And here I have to ask him about what, how, what did you, what did it, I'm a, I'm a guy, a journalist, man. What did it feel like when you saw them winning the Super Bowl and hoisting the Lombardi trophy with the Glazier family, you know, and he did that interview for me. Unbelievable. And I know he had these family first and things like that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I can keep going down the list. Um, how about a player, former player? Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson was the Super Bowl, is Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won it all, beating the Oakland Raiders, Faders in San Diego. San Diego, San Diego, beautiful San Diego. Qualcomm Stadium at the time. Now, Brad Johnson was the quarterback of the Bucs. He does big, bad Brad Johnson trick shots. Check him out. Go on Twitter. I think he was TikTok. All this stuff. So I was covering him. 
uh, as, as the team in general those years. We, he comes up to me. Okay, the team, believe it or not, this is how long ago this is. There was a guy in the Tampa Bay market. His nickname was Animal. He's a real little guy, skinny little guy, fan. He always wore his, you know, creamsicle stuff and his little shorts, and he had Animal on the back. He's got a high voice. He's got a little Facebook show. He's a nice guy. He, 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 he's always hitting me up a lot, though, to go on the show. He lives in Iowa now with a wife. He got a wife. He's got a job. And he does his little Facebook show. Okay? But at the time, he was such he was a little single guy. He was such a Buccaneer fan. He would meet the team when they would come back. Say they have an away game. These were for all the away games. And he was a season ticket holder. He had tickets. You could see him at the stadium, the old sombrero. And then he would meet the team when they would come on their bus from the airport, okay, it's nighttime, you know, they play, let's say they played in New Orleans, one o'clock game, or they played wherever. No matter what time it was, Animal would record the game on his VCR, and then he would take the VCR tapes, and then he would meet the team when they would come back, and he would see the PR guy, and he would give the Bucks the VCR tapes of the game just in case Tony Dungy going back to Sam Weish that they could see Animal's VCR recording of the game. I'm not kidding you. And he did this for years. So our boss said, I'm not paying for you guys to fly to these games. And back in the day, you didn't have the internet video that you could get the coach and the players. So you know what we would do? The cheap way. Myself and Chris Elias on a Sunday night, we knew what time the team was coming back. We would we would drive over to One Buck. We would wait. The buses would pull up coming from TIA. And now it's long. It's late at night. The players just want to get in their cars and go. And we would wait. We would always see Animal. I would see Animal, give the VCR tapes to the PR guy. And they're done. They've had a long day, flight, game, everything. All they want to do is get in their cars and go. And I remember I was standing outside waiting for the PR. Oh, what we would do is we would pay for a videographer in that particular city. Say it's 400 bucks, 500 bucks. And we would pay them to shoot post-game in the Bucks locker room. You can always, uh, I don't want to get too detailed on this, but you go in the market, there's always sports, there's always photographers wanting to make some extra money, and if they can go to an NFL game and all they got to do is shoot what they call a post-game, a couple interviews, they'll take four or five hundred bucks, and they would give the tape to the Bucks, uh, a PR guy. Again, you got to have a good relationship. They're not going to do this for everybody. And then we would, the PR guy would give us the tapes, coming off the bus and then we would just drive back to the studio and then we had some sound for the late night uh, sports connection show I'll never forget it Brad Johnson after a whole game comes over to me and he says Brad uh, he says Rock I just want to say I've been watching you I just really like respect you like you you do a great job, and you're one of my guys, man. That And here's Brad Johnson. 
He played with the Redskins, Vikings. Um, he's with the Bucks, And I'm like, wow, he actually made his way over to me. So he always respected me. And I respected him, like unbelievable. And I'll never forget it. It was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. And I had set up an interview with Brad Johnson to sit down at the old one buck for me for the TV show. And I was real bit, and I didn't, it was Christmas Eve. And we get there, and it was probably like four or five o'clock. Here comes Brad Johnson. He's got his sweats. He, he sits down. How you doing, Brett? Brad, thank you so much for doing this. He goes, yeah, I got to do my Christmas shopping. I'm going over to the mall. I haven't done it yet. My wife couldn't believe I'm doing this again. But why is it always the wives? They, they, <laughs> the wives. And he's like, yeah, but I'm doing it for you. He had not, he was putting off his Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve to sit down and do this with me. And I'm like, he is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I just respect him so much. Another guy, inspiration to me. I hope he makes it doing these TikTok uh, social media trick shots. They're incredible. Because I saw him at Rondé's party. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I wish I told him how much he I, I look up to him, but I just didn't have that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's at a cocktail party. It's happy hour. Everybody's having a good time. We're all BS and haven't seen him in so many years. I, you don't want to say, Brad, you've been such an inspiration to me. I should have, should have, should have, should have. Monty Kiffin, he was another one, man. I saw, oh, my God. Um Let's see. Am I? What am I doing on time here? I'm just rambling, rambling, rambling. I'm trying to think of a couple of more, a couple of more, a couple of more. I'm. I basically. Oh, you know, Bruce Arians is another guy. Bruce Arians, man. Here's a guy, Super Bowl champion. Probably close to Hall of Fame status. Probably won't get it if he had gotten another ring or assistant or if he hung on maybe but he was he is so loyal loyal old school loyalty name reputation besides being a damn good offensive coach and a head coach and all that comes with that the last couple of times I've seen him I saw him at the Super Bowl at Media Row and he was going around. He had done the Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee's he's on. Pat McAfee's almost getting like too much. He's on too much. I see him so much. You know, he's almost like overexposed. But he's the best at what he does in our sports uh, media world right now. He's number one. He's like the Joe Rogan of you know sports. And he was doing McAfee. He was going over to Sirius, and everybody know in the NFL circles. Everybody knows and likes Bruce Arians. And he came up and I said, he goes, hey. And I said, Bruce, I just got to tell you, man. I just, the way you have treated us in the media, the way you are, you're like, you're, 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 you're it, man. You're, I don't know if I would use the word inspiration. And he had a big smile on his face. And I said, can I take I have a picture right now? I usually don't. I'll take the picture if I have just interviewed you for this to promote my podcast. But I don't. You usually do that. And um, the picture that I have, <clears throat> it's my, it's on my Facebook page. I think it's on my Twitter. Yeah, as well. That's, that was done right there at Media Row when I just told him. I said, man, you, you, you're the best. You're the best. And he had a big smile on his face. But he's just loyal. Loyal. 
Loyalty, man. Incredible. Incredible. Does it his way. Another one. Lou Pinella. Another guy. Sweet Lou. Lou Pinella. If if you follow baseball and you follow sports and you're a little older, you know, think of Lou Pinella as the guy with the temper. And yes, he does have a temper because he fiercely wants to win. He's throwing a, a second base. He's he, he, he's he's kicking dirt with an umpire. He's <laughs> he is he's funny. He uh, this is funny. Remember, I told you earlier here about Jerry Ramsberger, who was up in the Rays, running the Ray Devil Rays clubhouse. Jerry Ramsberger told me that he refereed high school basketball in Tampa and Lou Pinella was a player and he said Lou Pinella had a temper on the basketball court in high school but it it wasn't like he didn't like Lou he had such a fiery will to win fiery will to win Lou Pinella is the he's like a he's like a Joe Madden He's like a Bruce Arians. These guys are just regular, down-to-earth, loyal guys. But they have the will to win, man. And they do it different ways. i never forget there was a player. He was a pitcher for the Rays. He's a good-looking guy. The ladies loved him. And not a big name. <laughs> and he told me, when I asked him about Lou Pinella, and he said there was a spring training game. <laughs> and he had given up a couple of runs. And Lou Pinella was the manager. And Lou Pinella calls timeout. And, and, and he's walking out to the mound. And he gets to the mound. And this pitcher says to Lou, Lou, I feel good, though. And Lou goes, I don't give a shit how you feel. <laughs> Look at those crooked numbers up there. Give me the damn ball. I don't give a shit how you feel. You're out. <laughs> and that was it. He's like, he didn't, he would he would call it like it is. But he's a good man. And there have been times where I've been at events in the past and something, and if Lou sees me, big smile, I said, Lou, you got a few minutes. He always says, of course, for you. Always, always. And uh, he really took losing hard, hard. Oh, my God. There's a video. I think it's on video. We might have had it. Somebody put it up. I think it's on YouTube where they're asking about one of the players on his team that maybe, what was he, taking too many strikes or took a third strike? Oh, my God. He just goes off. And then he stands up and he's just, his temper, he just, it bothered him. He had such a great managerial record until he came to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. This is before the turnaround. And there were younger players. They didn't have the, you know, the payroll. Of course, I don't know how they're doing it now. They're doing it. They're doing it. But, and it, it bought, because he had come from the Seattle Mariners and they had won so much. And I used to know a guy that was in charge of security for the clubhouse. I used to get a, I used to get a lot of information, man, from him. But I would never say his name, never give that up. That's another thing. If you loyalty, if you get information from somebody, 
You don't use that. You don't say that on the air, but it also helps you tell a story because you know more behind the scenes. And this guy would tell me that after ba- after games, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, when they were losing, lose, he had these friends that he had from back in the day in West Tampa. And these guys would come into the clubhouse, his friends, and they would just sit there after games, maybe have a pop or two, but just Lou, Lou wouldn't even go home. It bothered him. He had a son. I remember his son was a good guy. I would see his son go in there. And Lou couldn't even go home. He would just be, just losing bothered him that much. And then when it was time, I remember asking Lou, you know, when they hired Joe Madden, and they were going to hire Joe Madden, and Joe Madden was getting his first job ever as a manager. He had been a longtime assistant, you know, a coach in the Angels organization. They finally given it to him. And Lou told me, he goes, you know what? These young guys that are running the show now, like Stu Sternberg, they were young at the time. Uh, Andrew Friedman, uh, Matt Silverman, the guys from Wall Street came in. And he goes, they, they, they want to build this, but I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I want to win now. I'm not willing to go with, you know, young guys and the farm system and all that. He's like, I'm at the end now. I want to win now. I can't. I can't. And he, he, you know, that was it. And I know he had some health issues in Kansas. And I saw him the other day. He looks thin, but he's, he looks good. Handsome guy. Great guy. Great guy. Um, I could just go on and on, man. I got a whole bunch more, but I don't want to. I don't want to really go too, 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 too long here. There's been a whole bunch, but isn't it funny? It's not so much of, um, we, we, had, we used to have a baseball team that we played and we partied here in Tampa Bay and Ron Gumby, he was, this, he was like a peer. He was a player manager. He since passed away. I forget what he got. I remember seeing him in the hospital. Oh my God, man. Young guy passed in his like forties maybe. And, uh, I, 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 I believe it or not, I, I respected him. But most of it is guys that I've covered over the years and just have a ton, ton, ton of respect. So it all started with Tom Moore and then a picture of Don Zimmer. And then it got me thinking of just some that have inspired me and that I respect so, 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 so much. And again, it comes down to how you treat people. How you treat people. It always comes down to that. I, look, there's going to be times where guys are just jag-offs. Just jag-offs. Oh, my God. There's plenty of them out there. But there's also plenty of good guys. So, listen, guys. That's about it for today. Thank you, Tom Moore. I'll probably see him around Bumbuck again. Say, hey, thank you. That's about it. <laughs> All right. So, I hope you have a great week, man. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe, hit the like button, maybe leave a comment or something like that, and uh, that would help me out. And anybody that wants to uh, advertise with me or sponsor, hit me up on social media. I will do you right. We will do it up. Let's help out each other, man. So listen, have a great, 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 great week, and I'll talk to you next week on The Rock Stops Here.